Well, that was easy, huh? Just sort of stroll into enemy territory, hostile ball field, division rival, game one of the National League Division Series. Just sort of traipse on in, saunter in, if you will. Steal game one. Nothing to it. Nothing super interesting happened. Nothing panic or anxiety inducing. No, 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 no. No conjuring up the memories of May 5th, when a 7-1 to lead became no longer a 7-1 to lead to the Mets. Not quite. Not today. Things are still just a little bit different. And the Phillies are up one game to nothing in the National League Division Series against the Braves after stealing Game 1 on the road in Atlanta. Matt Gelb of The Athletic was there to see it all. Matt, welcome. Um, have have nerves in the general area calm down at all because i think i'm still a little wound up and this was a couple hours ago already i think i i just made the drive back from the ballpark uh to my hotel and i thought about a couple things and the thing that sticks out to me is uh what a game for them to steal and i truly do do believe they stole it even though they were up seven to one like mm-hmm. you said uh but they stole it ranger suarez against max freed they stole a game in Atlanta and now you've got Wheeler and Nolan the next two. And, um, you know, you can't just assume and it, it will no doubt be difficult because they don't make it easy, but no. what a position for them to be in. And can you even imagine Paul, can you imagine if they win game two and they return home on Friday afternoon? And yes, it's an afternoon game. I'm sorry to everyone who wanted a night game, but if they return on Friday afternoon for the first postseason game in 11 years at Citizens Bank Park and they have a chance to sweep the Braves, can you imagine what that will be like there? I mean, the place is already going to be on fire um, just because they already have this game on the road in hand. Like worst case scenario, you have minimum two more games in Philadelphia. You're right. They just guaranteed at least, yeah, worst case scenario that they get two home games. Yeah. And that's fantastic. Whether it comes, you know, in the form of a, <laughs> a third game clincher in this series or a game four, at the very least, you know they're going to play two more in, in in the following series if they get there. But yeah, you're absolutely right. It, it was a steal. And not only was it a steal, it's not as if Ranger was on his A game. It's not as if, you know, everybody in the lineup was, was you know, again, the top of the lineup, Schwarber didn't have a great game over with a strikeout. Hoskins had a hit, a couple other bits of good contact, but it was only one for five. It, it wasn't the prettiest game. Again, a lot of the work came from the lower half of the order, and especially, of course, it deserves mentioning, Nick Castellanos having the game of his Phillies life at the perfect time, not just at the plate, where he had three hits, including a scalding double the opposite way, but a a game-saving catch that for statistically and observedly probably the worst everyday right fielder defensively <laughs> in the league this year to really look like I was talking with, with Mike Bauman at Fangraphs, you know, just on the side about this. And he pointed out to me, Cassianos really did look like he had it the whole way. You go <laughs> back and you look at a replay. It's like, it's a good route. It's a good line. He has good pace. He starts the slide at the right time and it falls perfectly into his glove. He looked like he had done that a hundred times. 
and in past years, you know what? That thing bounds away, and Contreras is maybe thinking about an inside-the-park home run, <laughs> which, you know, how far out of character would that have been if that had happened with recent history? But no, instead, he just completed he completed the game of, of his Phillies life. He's got to be feeling good after that, right? I, he was, uh, and and I can't wait for everyone to read uh, what Ken Rosenthal is going to write uh, about really? Nick Castellanos, and I'm excited for everyone to see that. That'll be on the Athletic. Uh, we're taping this Tuesday evening. It should be up, uh, you know, sometime Tuesday night. And uh, it, it it was a great moment for Nick Castellanos in a season that has been uh, not so great, and a lot of people were really excited when he was brought into the fold. You know, the idea of him in the middle of the lineup, that personality, and we we never saw it. Right, we never saw it shine. And when they needed it the most in game one of the division series at the Braves, he comes through and <laughs> I mean, you, they talked, they talked about how the postseason is, is sort of a new slate and you can forget about what you did in a regular season. And, and to an extent, I, I suppose that's true. Uh, but I feel like Castellanos embodies that uh, mm. the feelings about him have changed dramatically and it doesn't, uh, negate the fact that he did not have a good season and that, you know, you really wonder about the contract moving forward for the next four years. Uh, but, you know, what a moment. And they sign him for moments like this. And it's funny because, honestly, in the last few days, Paul, he's happier than I've seen him all season. Really? Uh, he he was really excited uh, when, when they when they won in St. Louis. And he had his nine-year-old son come into the clubhouse for, like, the postgame celebration and, I mean, this is might be lost in some people, but I mean, it was the first time that Castellanos had won uh, a postseason series. He hasn't played in the postseason a ton. Hmm. Um, you kind of feel like he's been around. He's had these big moments. You kind of know him as this guy, but he he's barely played in the playoffs. And he he's just like, I feel it's almost like a weight lifted. Like when the team started having success uh, here down the stretch, it's almost like a weight lifted on him because it's almost like he felt responsible for the fact that things did not go well personally. Uh, and, mm. and I don't know what triggered it and, and you'll, you'll read some in Ken's column, but, uh, it was just feel like a weight lifted off him that he, he doesn't have to keep trying to climb out of the hole that he dug for himself during the season. Uh, and that it's fresh and this is all new. The playoffs is new, 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 new season for him and amazing. I mean, they didn't defense him out late in the game, which surprised me. They took yeah. Schwarber out instead. Marsh went to center, Veerling went to left, mm-hmm. and and Rob Thompson was asked about it after the game. He says, "I, I just decided to stay with him. Like he's been playing. You know, I like the way he's been playing the outfield lately." <laughs> Thompson said, "Man, you know that could change moving forward." But you know, I thought he was good, and I thought honestly they swapped Guthrie, uh, Dalton yeah. Guthrie, for Nick Maton on the roster because I thought uh, they wanted Guthrie in right field. Yeah, uh, me too. To end games and. I don't know why he didn't do it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it ends up being big. I mean, really interesting decisions by Thompson all day. I mean, he ends up starting Sosa at shortstop and mm-hmm. Mundo Sosa had, you know, turns a double play in the first inning. Yep. He uh, gets a double uh, later in the game. He has a, a sacrifice fly as well. I mean, he, yep. Yep. Um, he was solid, really solid. Uh, a decision I did not expect to be thinking about. And, you know, the bullpen, it was messy, but, and you'll be able to read my story in the athletic. I think there were three pitches that really defined this game. And I okay. wrote about those three pitches and they were the pitches that were thrown to end the third inning, to end the fourth inning and to end the fifth inning. Uh, the Phillies stranded, you know, they, they stranded seven Braves runners in the third, fourth and fifth innings. So that's Suarez, Bilotti and Brad hand. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. all three innings ended with strikeouts 
and they were huge, huge, huge pitches. And I know a lot of them came with like a, you know, a, in a seven run game, you know, a six run game with a seven one lead or in hands in case they came uh, in a four run game after Brogdon, mm-hmm. you know, had given up a few, but they proved to be huge moments because just getting, getting the ball to Dominguez and Alvarado and an Eflin, I know he wasn't good, but getting it to those three guys was going to be really hard today. And it's even harder now that David Robertson's not around. Yeah. And they got it done. And it really, it was because Suarez walked five guys. None of those walks scored. Bellotti wow. came in, got got a strikeout to strand two runners, and had not pitched in 21 days. <laughs> his only action was when Man. last Wednesday morning, he faced a couple of his teammates at Minute Maid Park in a simulated sort of game session. And that was it. And he got Vaughn Grissom. He threw five straight sliders and got him to swing at the fifth one. Um, those pitches to me, those three pitches um, were the game. And <laughs> yeah, Andrew Bellotti, a minor league contract. You think about yeah. it. I mean, all that in hand, you know, kind of an afterthought for the last really few months. I mean, not just while he was hurt. He really hadn't pitched well uh, down the stretch and comes through in a big spot. Uh their path to 27 outs today was really complicated, made even more complicated when Ranger only got 10 of those outs. Yeah. But they found a way, and man, what a win for them. I, I, I do feel badly for David Robertson, who so clearly wanted to try and redeem himself from the, the 2019 um, signing and how that did not work out. So <laughs> to hear that he, he what was it, strained his calf celebrating Harper's home run in yes. game two of St. Louis. Like, that's just- it's it's an old guy injury if you ever hear one and relatable for me to hear that but like man I, the, the, he he needed like one more chance to really redeem himself hopefully hopefully these guys keep advancing and he gets that shot because I, I i do like him personally subjectively and, and hope he has that but anyway yes bullpen is a great topic because there was some bad you know we'll grant that Connor Brogdon, I continue to have faith in him, and he's not doing much with that. He did not look good today, and then that I would not worrying. have faith in Connor Brogdon. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't for withered. weeks. I mean, he's just, yeah. you know, if you're an astute observer of the Phillies, I mean, you can, you can kind of see it. I mean, he's just, just really bad body language, and it's a shame because he has great stuff. He just doesn't trust it. He doesn't trust himself, and it's a shame. I mean, and it was just, you know, it's hard to watch him honestly. Yeah, but but there is the good, right? But Bilotti hung in there and and got out of the fourth inning. Brad Hand recovered nicely after giving up a, a screaming liner to Harris to, Oof, like you mentioned, what a catch. <laughs> handle Vaughn Grissom. Um, Sir Anthony was fantastic, had the Phillies' second yep. ever relief outing, multiple innings, no base runners, three strikeouts. I looked this up. Um, Willie Hernandez in the 1983 World Series. And Alvarado, of course, looks like he's back. You know, he had he had a good outing. The mound shenanigans aside i think the yeah, i don't even know if that was a big i mean i, I saw don't him know he was. chirps a lot he chirps yeah. a lot he's just know, a bit he's, like yeah i think it's a bit he gets fired up you know yeah, he's, yeah. he's into it yeah and zach efflin yeah that that's concerning but we were just talking right before we we hit record uh the reappearance of of sir anthony alongside jose alvarado really kind of means that you can shift efflin out of this super high leverage you know, lock the game down kind of situation. Maybe think of him more as hopefully um, like a two inning guy, a four out guy in the middle innings, pick up for somebody who might not have gone late. It's just, he's, he's, he's losing a little bit of uh, uh, trust and faith with these last couple outings. And 
he's normally, thrown a lot of pitches. Yeah, and he's thrown a lot of pitches. Normally, you know, if this were the regular season and you're trying this out, you give the guy a little bit more of a leash, but it's yep. not the regular season. No, and it's 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 like you said, it's two forces here. It's how Eflin yeah. is pitched and also how Dominguez is pitched. And Dominguez, you know, they 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 brought him in the six, and it was because the the top of the lineup was there. Yeah. Um, they got two innings and eighteen pitches out of him. I would assume he's gonna be, you know, ready to go for game two. They've been really careful with him. He hasn't pitched a lot of back to backs, but it is the playoffs. And uh Dominguez was terrific. I mean, yeah. really huge. If if there's any big takeaway other than Castellanos from today and you know how the offense was able to just totally jump Max Freed, who, who clearly wasn't himself. Uh, it's that Dominguez is back. Yeah, precisely. You know, Freed not having his A stuff. I think his velocities were down basically across the board. You could tell from the jump that they were putting the ball in play early and didn't really didn't really do anything with the first two batters. You're like, okay, fine. And then things just sort of spring to life. They're making good contact. They had about as many strong hits or balls in play balls in contact um what was the metric i used earlier i think in 90 plus miles an hour 95 plus exit velo the most the phillies had had in a start against max freed this year was uh 10 of those balls in his four regular season starts against them they had seven by the time the second inning was over so so you knew it was either six or seven but you knew right then and there you could tell like okay they're seeing him well they're not missing the curveball, which I thought was going to be a big deal. If they were getting buried in counts, getting two strikes rung up on them, they were going to see the curveball a lot. And if he had the curveball going, well, that's not really a chance you want to take with a guy like that. But no, they were aggressive. They went after pitches they saw in the zone. And thankfully, a lot of those pitches caught the plate. And even the ones that didn't, they were able to, to put good wood on it. So now, looking ahead. You, you hate to you, you don't want to you don't want to jinx anything. I know we're all getting very superstitious wearing our lucky shirts five days in a row, sitting in the same spot in the couch, you know, doing all the all the rituals and everything. So you don't want to disrupt or rock the boat here. But Phillies are up one game to nothing and they have their two best starting pitchers going next. They have like Wheeler going tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, Aaron Nola going in game three. Is it fair to say the Phillies are in a good spot right now? They have to be favored to win the series at this point. I haven't looked at the odds. Uh, I'm sure they're favorites to win the series, and they should be. They're in a good spot. I mean, all the issues that we've discussed aside and the fact that it is not pretty, uh, you know, whatever. (laughs) I mean, this is the way they've played for a while. This is who they are. And uh, it's funny because we've said, you know, they're not going to outslug a lot of their mistakes. It's hard mm-hmm. in the postseason to outslug your your deficiencies elsewhere. And that is exactly what they did today. They got just enough. Uh, and uh, the, the Braves, uh, the Strider situation is very confusing to me right now. Uh, I don't think they know what they're going to do. To me, it sounds like Charlie Morton starts game three and Strider's coming out of the bullpen. Interesting. Uh, he threw, you know, he threw a bullpen session before Tuesday's game, so he wasn't uh, he wasn't um, going to be available for Game One. I'm guessing it, and he's not available for Game Two either, since it's tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's in play for Game Three. Maybe it's as a two or three inning opener. Maybe it's as somebody who's coming in behind Morton. Probably depends on whether the Braves win tomorrow or not in Game Two. So that will factor in how they handle Game Three. Uh, but, you know, just as much hand-wringing as there is about the Phillies and who they all start in game four, and I I, I don't quite know who that's going to be. 
Syndergaard was up in the bullpen at, at one point in the middle of game one. Yeah. Um, that doesn't preclude him from pitching game four, obviously, but uh, the Braves, it's either between like Jake Odorizzi or Bryce Elder, I think. Really? Um, Odorizzi was up at one point during game one. It looked like he was going to come in for some mop up. Then they made it closer and he didn't come in. So mm-hmm. uh, I think the Phillies are in the driver's seat. And how friggin' crazy is it to say that? Uh, this was, <laughs> we said they had to steal one game in Atlanta to feel yep. good. And they turned out they stole the first game when they right. had the disadvantage pitching wise. You can say the next two games, they have the advantage pitching wise and they already are up one, nothing. They stole the game where they did not have an advantage on paper. Uh, just incredible. It really is. I'm still processing it a little bit. And I think, um, there's a lot to go into, but, uh, we can talk about the bunts. That's a weird thing. Why are they bunting so much? Uh, but they, I don't know. I mean, they're, they're plucky right now. Uh, there's a little bit of confidence and like you get confident and you know, you're kind of the underdog and, and that's what they are right now. And honestly, they're not the underdogs. I think at this point in this series, at least they are, they have to be the favorites moving forward in this series. Love it. Uh, there's nothing I can say that can really top that. And so for the preservation of the vibes, let's not talk about the bunts and just let that go. <laughs> we'll end that. On Why? A- so many bunts. No, no, get the bunts out of here. I don't want to, I don't want to talk about the bunts. No, the, uh, things are great. And it's hard to disagree with you. You know, th- this is about as good a situation as you could have hoped for at the start of the series that the Phillies could really steal the most disadvantageous matchup that was staring them in the face short of a game four. And they did that. It, it was not pretty. No, I don't think this is the last ugly game we're going to see from this team in the playoffs. <laughs> you can, you can put a lot of money down on that in whatever way you can. Um, but the, the, at the end of the day, they won. They made it interesting. There are things to keep an eye on, but they won. They are one game up on this series and things are looking good. So hopefully you know, Wheeler and Nola stay up to the task. They have shown very little reason to doubt them lately, which is great. That's a good feeling to have. And so we'll roll into game two on Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Looking to go up two games to nothing. Are you are you uh, are you going to the game on Friday? No, no, we'll not be able to to make the trek down from North Jersey in time, unfortunately. But that's okay. Uh, I'll I'll channel the spirit. I'll be there in in in. I'll be I'll be there in some form or fashion, just not physically. Does that make sense? <laughs> I'll I'll channel all the good feelings I can muster from up here in North Jersey. Um, not that you'll need it because there will be forty five thousand people channeling their own good vibes down there. It's going to be the first sellout of the year in a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. right. Very first yeah. one. I'm pretty sure they didn't sell out a single regular no. season game. No. Uh, well, better late than never. Anyway, yes, the vibes are good. Don't want to ruin them. Not talking about bunts. The Phillies are up one game to nothing in the National League Division Series. Game two is on Wednesday afternoon. Game three at home, Citizens Bank Park on Friday. Hopefully that's the only one in the series. We'll see how tomorrow goes. For the Athletics, Matt Gelb. And again, look for that Ken Rosenthal story we teased earlier. I know I'm mine's online now mine's up as we were doing this podcast it was edited and posted there we go Matt's is live go check that out and we'll catch you hopefully tomorrow night or during the off day either way we'll check in with you all again before the Phillies hit the homestead for game three for Matt I'm Paul catch you later